everybody. Welcome to another edition of Cover Girl, a fabulous examination of music, film, and pop culture. I'm DDM, and we're back with... Ashley Alexander. Hey, everybody. I hope you're doing great this week. Hi. Hello. Yes. How you doing? How are things? Things are good. Yeah? Um, You know... The people, first shout out to all of our cover girls and listeners. Um, you if you haven't lot. already, make sure you tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. Subscribe, share. Yes. Subscribe, share. On all platforms. Thank you. But um, I'm excited about this episode <laughs> because um, we touch on fashion, yeah. we touch on look, mm-hmm. but we haven't dedicated a whole no. moment to. Not really. The looks. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I mean, ain't nobody really been giving shit. Well, you know, we are in, <laughs> well, I, I would like to say to a certain degree, we are in a very anonymous era. Anonymous era? Mean, when I say anonymous, meaning that um, a lot of these people feel, sound, and look the same to me. Okay. Okay. Now, okay. it could be, you know, maybe it's just I'm a, you know, Older bitch. You know? I just think it's the same circular styling. It, it, it just, yeah, it's just like, it's the wig, it's mm-hmm. the baby hair, it's the yeah. leotard. The, the, the colorway of the hair right. evolves it's, it's the, the same ombre. way. It's, you know, it's, Someone's it's, turned aqua at some right. point now. You know, it's, it's the thing. Yeah. Like, to me, colored hair is not <laughs> groundbreaking anymore. It's, it's, it's like, actually, if you just have, like, regular black hair or your natural I'm color hair, for it. that's like... <laughs> The new renegade shit. Yeah, that like, is true. That is the, true. The, the colored hair has gotten um, <laughs> to, you know, niche status. It is just oversaturated. It is It is a lot. <laughs> um, speaking of a lot. Mm-hmm. So, um, the Met Gala, <laughs> Mother Met. Mother Matt was oh, was what it. last Monday? Yes. Um, Mother Matt, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I love a gala. I want to make I, that clear. Clear that I it's a gala. Love a gala, and that you love it. I am a red carpet fiend. We love that here. I am early about it. Absolutely, it does play into my award season. Yes, I. Even if I might not watch the awards, I might actually watch the carpet. And for those of you who don't know, Ashley just texts me every time it's a red carpet or award season. I try to refrain from answering now because we do this podcast and I want to save it for the actual material. He ruined um, me with but, this. But, 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 he just be leaving me on And I know, I'm like, girl, it's not personal. I love you. However... This is like now we get to unload. We all do. Of, all we do. This, right? I try, I gotta hold this now, so, so I get it. The Met I couldn't Gala. contain it. This gal, I was no, like, hey, hey, honey, hey, answer me. <laughs> now my initial reaction, I hated this this Met Gala. Mm. I hated it. I think I was I think I was excited for where the possibilities could go for the theme. Yeah, and then was let down. Here's the thing. There's too much stuff in the vault for all of y'all to not come with something. First off, I do want to say that I think this was the year of the men. Without a doubt. I think that the men. They took it this year. A puff daddy be my pal when I he 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 how. Okay. <laughs> Yo, my man, but it's obvious, listen, my man was a little too sweaty for me at the La La interview. But I do, I do think he came 
I love. I don't know. I love. Puffy I love a, came for blood. Okay. Puffy came. The stitching, the flowers did look amazing. It, it looked though. amazing. But you know what? But though? against his complexion, he looked beautiful. He looked, like that's something oh, specific about the shade of black oh, to his fabric that most black men will either really try to do or really try to play against white. Mm, and I say that to say that the Tom, Tom Brown clan. The men over there. Yeah. They, they like, listen. Like, oh my just. God. Like Puffy looks so good. Um, Brian Tyree Henry looked he good. He looked so nice. I love that. I thought he looked very clean. Yeah. I just I just we'll 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 get to what I thought the male theme for the You know, of course everybody was. was giving homage to Carl. Another person who I love But it was big tally energy. to a certain degree, yes. I did love Conan Gray. He wore a bomb yes. out um, with with the fan bitch, and he had a white version of that look too. And oh, if Google, if for those of you who don't know who Conan Gray is, okay, just Google Conan Gray, Matt Gala. He mother had the pearl fan with the black and white seating with the heel boot, and it was giving. Oh, I didn't see it the was, white. It was, it was I giving saw just the black overlay. Oh. Alton Mason, another look one. Look at his hair. Oh, it was giving. It was giving Renaissance era, but French, but yes. It, it was more yeah, Chanel. It was Cortezar. It was Chanel Dan. I think the thing I thought was going to be fun about this one, specifically, is all the different houses he's worked for. Mm-hmm. So I felt like everyone invited, this is a playground because you can just pick the era or pick oh. the house. And then just go hard. Oh. So I think it was interesting that I felt like it was such a tweed affair. I thought I just, a lot of pearls. I, it was a lot of pearl. It was a lot of tweed. Yeah, I get it. A lot it of Chopin, Chopin. What the what the cat Chopin. Sh- uh, I'm fucking it up. I love that. I cat. know. First of all, everybody who dressed up as Chopin the cat, I know in their mind, like with their team, they was like, "Bitch, we about to kill it because nobody going to do but, this." But here's, and but realistically, I really, I mean, it only came down to two, and one I thought was hokey. Not no no shade to furries, but I wasn't here for Jared. You didn't like Jared? Not one bit. I hollered when I saw a Doja Cat. And and to be fair, the people who, who who aren't like follow me on social media, I put up this post and said necessary facts about Ashley. I love prosthetics. Yeah. I love yeah. them. And I always have this running joke that one day I'm gonna end up at a Halloween con like a Halloween costume and it's gonna be a forced Beyonce theme. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna come as mother Egyptian uh, uh Coachella her, but oh, okay. with feline muzzle and I'm gonna be Beyonce. Okay. Because I love a prosthetic. Okay. So for me, she looked like Choupette in the way that she's soft and doughy and Mm. wealthy and soft and. I liked Jared. I liked it because it was campy. I liked it because it was campy. Now I do. I did like Doja's. Don't get me wrong. I think I liked it, but it was like. Um, what I liked about Jared Leto's was it was fun, it was unexpected, and it was lighthearted. I expect Doja to show up in something like that. <laughs> okay. And so because okay. it's expected, I'm not saying it's boring. No. But it's like, okay. Yeah. I loved it. Like, I didn't know Nas- who it was at first. I just saw the back of the dress and saw someone turn. Right. So I was like, oh shit. Okay, Little Nas X's show pet. I was like, okay. I liked it, but it was it was more Grecian. Mm-hmm. Italian masquerade like yeah which I let me just tell you I love that he took the time to not purposely make his face beat up so he could just get out of this really quick and yeah. get to the event yeah um 
But at this point, he doesn't wear a lot of clothes, so I'm no. used to it. And that's fine. I mean, it was it, it, no better space to do this in a more comfortable space. Oh, it's definitely the venue. It was such an interesting invite list, in my opinion. It was definitely different in a way. Oh, sidebar, I loved ASAP Rocky's look. Uh, he had to kill. Oh, his homage was the, good. Like, it was, it, his to was, me, was, on, was spot on, in my it mind. It was better than Carl's. From it, a fashion perspective, and okay. I know people are gonna be like, "Oh my god, you talking about no, car. no, no!" But his it was kilt better. was was it was beautiful. better. It was. that his is his take on that was better than the original. I love the way that the kilt was tailored. I like that you got to see the jean breathe. I like the two belts, and he just carried it with a certain swagger. I'll give that you that. It, it, to me, I mean, I liked it better than it was better. than the previous yeah. outfit of his. Yeah. Okay. I, I lived. Um, one person who she is proving that, and I say this with love, she is proving that, once again, this is something I always say, it's not about who's the most talented. It's not about who you think should be there. It's not about, you know, it's really about who has the drive. Mm-hmm. And that's that young lady, young Miami. Listen, <laughs> young Miami, lover or hater, lover or hater. First of all, I am. A, she, I was a City Girls fan from the beginning since 2018 I when like Period JT, came out. So. JT is the better rapper. She is the rapper. I just, but Carisha has taken her spot. Yeah, man, and amplified it in a way where she's bigger than the group. And I don't yes. say that to create dissension. No. amongst the girls, she's done but, the right marketing thing. Oh. And I say it in the way of what. She could have done ignorantly when JT wasn't here. Yeah. Right? So I do think in the time of what you did, or what she's doing with her actual spot right now mm-hmm. and the light she's getting, I think she's she's handling it appropriately. I saw something recently where she, like an interviewer commented something that she said that it almost came off like she was very self-conscious about the way that she speaks. And I can understand that. Right? And you can see now that she's trying to change that or wrangle that. And I feel like you really saw that on that carpet in her and I don't think it was hesitancy. I think that was a night where she could have just let the outfit work and show for yeah. her. And she doesn't have to play into anything. Because I like of both of them. Let's get into the look. So the red carpet look with that. her and Diddy at the gala, it was given Lady Heroin. It was given Harlem. It was given. Yeah, but it's still into that Venus. I loved it. I, I loved it. I thought, but I it think was, the female rappers come with the intro Met Gala outfit like that now. Well, yeah, but the way that it's she like the did it, pack. it was. It was to me. It, it was, was a, cleaner. It was cleaner. The, and it was the, a, the, 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 the corset. Yeah, the corset bindings of her. Ugh. Her version of that, I think, was better than everyone else's. Yeah. Like Margot Robbie and a couple other people's. I think she really did. Her silhouette was clean. I think it was sexy. It was. It was Harlem. And she's it not from Harlem. I can see, and I'm. The, I don't want to take away from her styling team or her, mm-hmm. but. In her fashion, I'm seeing the Puffy influence. Oh, yeah. Because anybody who knows fashion, shout out to Puffy T, because that was Sean John Couture. That was Sean John Couture. But you notice none none of the the ladies of his past have really had it like that. And I think there's a a peership he sees in her that plays into this. A peership and and a mentorship. And a mentorship. I would agree. Um, 
I personally love both of her looks. The sh- like both of those looks could have been red carpet. The Chanel when she was dressed yeah. like as the bag and with the city girl in the good. Chanel font with the hair and the hair kind of had this like horse kind of like mold to it, but it was Chanel yes. and then like she ate both of those looks. Since you're talking about the invite list, that's definitely one of those people that's like, oh, okay. Yeah, she certainly was one that I was like, all right. She rose to the occasion, in my opinion. Yes, and I think she, I think there's a real pressurized thing for female artists mm-hmm. at the Met Gala. She gave I, me what I needed. I think every other art medium has a different thing because they've got a very different style structure to them. But I think when female artists come to this thing... It's got to be on. It's a very different thing. It's you know what I mean? And you know what? She was dressed so well for me and I like her so much. I want her to be more talented than she actually is Ooh. because I want her to... But, I want to root she for did, her in But that she way. didn't look like she was enjoying it. And maybe you that... Don't think so? I don't know. The face didn't give... Let's have fun. Her face gave, well, I'm Matt standing Gala next to Giddy, Diddy and Sean John House got me in couture and we stripped today. I mean, from all reports, the Met Gala just doesn't seem fine. Oh, well. It, it, I like, mean, the girl I mean, brought Chick-fil-A, the, the food so. is bad. Tiana Taylor looked great. Mm-hmm. I love that look on Tiana Taylor. It, it's, her body fits it beautifully. Oh, my God. Now, and, and honestly, because, I mean, I've, this is like a weird way to say it. I think she looks great in that fabric. I think that's yeah. a great fabric for her. You know, because she has a... Um, she has, um, but I way. think she gave. I think I think structurally, especially just like the face and her gloves, because the Carl glove thing was gonna ride out to tacky real quick for me in this. So I just loved the way that she looked. She looked clean, like if he was standing here, he might have liked it anyway. Like liked her outfit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think some people. I just think some 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 like, some fashion designers just were too on the nose. Yeah, and some of them, like, I hate to say this because I might be boxing myself. Well, fuck it. You only get one life. Probable Garong, stay away from the red carpet. Oh, I would like nothing. 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 That he did. Mother Pope, though. Jeremy Pope with that long Chanel. Honey, that white piece was, I mean, and, and, and here's the thing. I don't think. People think enough about, like, I'm tall, and I love my clavicle, collarbone, shoulders area, right? Mm-hmm. And his 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 shoulders, just his body, looked incredible in it. And he walked in it with, like, immense, not just confidence, like, immense beauty. And he looked really sexy. Yes. He was just, he just looked so good. And you know you couldn't tell him shit, and he knew it, too. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times when people do the big, long train, you really can just make this not go right for me and especially and that's like an odd thing but if you don't use the stairs in the aesthetic of this enormous mm-hmm. train you have whoever you are i'm judging right right so usually i like somebody that's in a tight mermaid fish cut you know mermaid cut we can keep this kind of night and then you hit the stairs and i can really see it right I, but, I, i'm tired of the mermaid silhouette fair enough i think the girls at prom have worn it out i me. think i'm over the transformation outfits that come at the hand of six ushers unbuttoning it i'm over that mm. let's mm. just run this train mm. and get up these stairs and let's go now rihanna was here this year yes um uh, she's pregnant so there's only but so much i can expect um I didn't hate it, but it was just like she's pregnant. So she gets a pass for me. Okay. I, lo- not- I loved the detailing of the flowers. I think I I think I did want someone to explain it. 
Yeah, because I didn't get it. No. I wanted to get it, but he, I didn't get he it. He made it simpler this year for the both of them. Yeah. He was on, on spot on. Yeah. Um, I think I think she looked radiant, and I think it was a fun way for her to come back. This has been Rihanna's year in a lot right. of spaces and places. Um, but to be last, to be late, to be the last one, I don't know. I think right around then is when I text you. I was like, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> How you feel about tonight? How you feel about tonight? Um, I, I, I think overall, when I look, I guess when I look back on it, having time to, to digest it, um, the things that were good were great. Yes. It's just that it was a lot of bad. You know who I really fucked with, though? But it's because I'm a Versace baby. It's, it, I love Dan Hathaway. I just mm. thought, mm. I mean, I just like that era of Versace and mm. the tweed dress, like, specifically. Mm. Um... Of the the pieces that you know, um, I feel like Dua Lipa did it all right. Oh yeah, Dua Lipa looked great. You know, um, it was it wasn't a safe choice, but it was a safe choice. Yes, um, but outside of that, I just think it was better to hear hear it from the models who worked, and to have like Carla Bruni and Naomi and people really speak on these on this era or just on this designer in the ways that they it's, can. It's interesting that Kamora Lee Simmons is getting left out of it's a lot of this so stuff. so fucking strange. Because she was a Carlette. Yes, she was. And I think, and she's just so distinct. And I think she's always been distinct that I hate that I saw her this week only at the Usher show being stood up for Nice and Slow. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's really interesting that she, she's left out. But I think that overall, you know. Do you, do you want to attend? Um, here's the thing. I'm going to be very honest with our listeners. I am entering a phase of my life where a lot of things, like I've read Vogue since I was 14. Mm -hmm. L, Numero, Harper's Bazaar, Dazed, all of it. I'm entering a phase in my life where I am more aware of the world. Mm -hmm. Um, even watching the red carpet for this year's Met Gala, I was disappointed that no... Body used this as a platform to make any type of political or social economic statement. Yeah. Um, especially when we have the silent fat phobic thing yeah, played. You know, right. But but like looking at the conflicts in Sudan, the war in Ukraine and Russia, the merger of China and Russia. Yeah. What we're facing in the United States with our um laws mm-hmm. being tampered with with the election laws being tampered with in Texas and everything that's going on and not one person used this time. Like, literally, when I was watching it, all I kept thinking was, eat the rich, eat the rich, eat the rich, eat the rich. Mm. Because it was a level of distraction and social unawareness that bothered me. I can see um, that. I can understand that. Now, I'm not I think there's s- a profound escapism thing that's happening with, with, with people in this country because of COVID, because of what we consider two and a half, three years, let's say, of like properly you can't go to, you can't act like uh, you're just going to have a nice day and not think of the present thing. And I think these platforms and these environments are the spaces where you are to do this. Well, it's a difference between saying you can't go to something for your safety versus I'm going to this event and the economy is falling apart. The debt ceiling mm-hmm. is out of this world. People are starving. Like it, it, it's a difference between you being locked in your house because there's a worldwide. But the, plague but the choices that you make when you get the fuck back out 
is what I mean. Well, yeah. I, I just, me personally, and this is just my personal opinion, I felt like um, there was, and I'm not saying everybody need to do that, but this is why I like, this is where I learned to appreciate the people like Lady Gaga. Yeah. This is where I learned to appreciate people um, like, you know, uh, Sinead O'Connor. You know, She people, makes so much more like sense that. now that you're this, older, this right? This is where I start to appreciate yeah that type of person Mm -hmm. because there was no type of person like that at this event. And I think we we talked about this previously on, I think it was the last episode, the level of artistic negligence as it pertains to documenting the state of the world is actually really sad. And I, and I do think a lot of times that we're in such a very, very different hyper focused media consumer consumerized world that people lose sight and I and I feel like I always say this never forget that music and horror movies are just social commentary and reflections of what is happening at you or by you mm-hmm. right and a lot of times uh we run to see it at a horror movie but we lose sight in the in the artists and the singers that are writing stuff or are not writing music or making films and making visual art that speaks to what's going on right outside the doors. Mm-hmm. I mean, my whole thing is, and I, and I can't stress this enough, I've been saying this to everybody I can think of. Like, if you're in New York in the next week or so and you got a show coming up and you ain't talking about Jordan Neely, yeah, I don't know what the fuck we talking yeah. about. And I have, like, text friends on other gigs like, hey, you think they're going to say something? Because you should, you and, know? And, and that is, and typically here on Cover Girl, we don't really go that deep into it, but I think the Jordan Neely incident, I'm glad that you brought that up. And this actually it's actually something that important. was on the topic, <laughs> but I think it does fit because Jordan was a Michael Jackson impersonator. It's a, and, and, and I want to say to you all, one of the first tours I ever worked was was for the incomparable Miss Janet Jackson. Mm. After Michael's passing, you know, years after, sure, and as a Jackson fan, and to be someone that, that I ran a VIP of, of a museum of her things and, and random Michael things and whatever, and I would come across impersonators every day. Mm. And, and some, you know, some are good, some are bad or whatever. But there's a very purposed, intended joy that comes from the people who specifically are Michael Jackson impersonators. I like to say that to people, and if you think I'm lying, I know you know who Dimitri Reeves is. I know mm. who, I know all of you listening by this point. Mm. Past Baltimore, absolutely know who this random guy is who is singing random Michael stuff in the streets and changed a protest environment for people at the Mm -hmm. time. And so I say it to say that for people who frequent New York or you are in New York City, you know the way you feel, annoyed or overjoyed by a subway performer, right? Yeah. But we all know what it's like. And we've been there. I'm telling you, all lying to yourselves, you ain't been in a car one night when when them trains late at night. And and there is a grown person in tears, mm-hmm. livid at how hungry they are and mm-hmm. how thirsty they are, and you question yourself and with headphones on, and you question everyone around you mm-hmm. about the the shock we all have that none of us are gonna hand them a bottle of water, no one's gonna give a dollar, and honestly, it's sad because I feel like if you do hand someone money in New York City, the rest of them look at them, look at you like, oh, they're they not from here. Because mm. you would just step over this. I'm just surprised that it came to the point where, like, 
We're just in the world of video content being shown. It was just, I didn't even get, I fuck a swipe. Fuck all of it. Like, after Floyd, I... I think I was more surprised that it even came to that. Because usually when you're on a train in New York... It don't come to that. You just be like, oh, okay, he going off. And you You continue listening to your music. Go on about your business. You had some awareness, but you're not... You just wait till you stop and you be like, oh, my God, let me just get to my stop. And then you get off. I'm surprised it even came to that space. Because... I agree. People go off on the subway all the time. And and I think... Especially in New York, if you ain't felt fell on the tracks, people leaving people alone. Yeah. Okay. So that sense of the way like I'd like to say is like it's just an ignorance that comes with being in New York. And I think it's important I think it's important for people to go to New York City and, and realize this world is not checking for you. At all. Not one fucking bit. And At I think all. it's I, I think it's healthy to the ego to just go somewhere because you can be invisible for a while. But then once you get invisible and get to explore the city any way you want, you get to see different sides and crevices mm-hmm. of that motherfucker very different. Mm-hmm. And when you really get to see one of the most like talented musicians mm-hmm. just in this type of disparity. Or if you see somebody that might not have a whole bunch of skill, but happiest person in the car, mm-hmm. just trying to make your day happy for five seconds. It's it's complex to see somebody, just a, just a fucking citizen, just headlock for what? Just because you don't like the screaming? You mm-hmm. don't like what's... It's just... It's, it's, it is a disgusting world. And then he's training. And then come to find out, um, I got a I gotta super fat check this, but I was seen on social media... Um, the guy who what's his name Conrad or something I kind of there whatever um, that guy his people's is a retired New York City police like department yes. person yes and 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 to the to the, to the beautiful black man who has transitioned his mother had a sort of story and was killed as well mm. that's why he's so displaced mm. she was killed and put in a suitcase oh my god like that's that boy's story of why he's in the circumstance that he's in oh wow and so. The, you like just people really don't pay attention to what the housing disparity and what the what the violence is in our country and how it's run rampant and you don't think about it when we swipe and just hear these sordid wild ass stories of the way that people have been been brutalized or, or victimized or killed but you don't think about 20 years later what that kid is from it's, that experience it's very much that i think um and i think and i think politically we're getting to a space where it's interesting because have you always felt, or have you always come to the point that you do want someone to have a sense of activism? Have you always felt that way in entertainment, or had that evolved in you growing up? I think uh, that's, up? that's evolved. The world has made me that way, okay. because it's dangerous now. Like, the world, I don't think people, especially in the United States, I think people in the United States are idiots. I think <laughs> both on the left side and the right side, they would crumble. They yeah. would crumble if they had to do with the folks in Ukraine. I mean, there's there's a there's an immense importance to to having survival skill, but but resilience uh, and, and actual between, ingenuity. And I'm gonna say this is a, a as a fat bitch between the weight issues, where the, the half of them can't run nowhere because you're too fucking fat. Okay, between that, between the lack of survival skills in nature in the world as survival it stands, skills in nature, you know, like. I'll, to my to my friends who are listening to my friends who talk to me constantly on the phone, they always laugh because I mean for the past decade I've always like I knew me to be on the phone and at some point I go my survival is paramount, 
And I always joke it until my friends are like, well, why do you say that? And I'm like, well, I can drive an automatic, I can drive a stick, I can fish, I can sew, I can, I can garden, I can shoot a gun, I can figure, like, I can take care of myself because this world is about to leave us alone. Yeah. And a lot of us and can't I, I take just care. Think that the entertainment is just, it's, it's a lack of responsibility and it's a lack of readiness. It's there, everybody's in this um, stupor and haze of self-indulgence and treating the audience like a therapist couch. And it's just, it's very irresponsible. There is but a, but yeah. y'all love to quote Nina Simone. But y'all I was not, about y'all to not say they love it. Y'all not listening to what that lady was saying. But y'all like to share the video because it makes you look, you know, aware. But I don't know how we got here. I don't want to live in, in this moment. <laughs> no, We're going to stick to fashion. No, and that's fine. But it is important that we got to the part about what... What goes on outside the doors of the Met Gala, and that mm-hmm. I mean, and, and award shows have their things too, protests alike. But New York is different, yeah. And the gala is a different kind of environment. And mm-hmm. I think that some of the major worldly events this year, the guest lists have shown with the people who didn't come. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and and Gaga was missing. McDonald wasn't there. Yep. Um. I, I I do find it interesting how long and how many weeks it was. Are the Kardashians, are the Kardashians invited? Yeah. And I think that's all the pull and that place so different. Yeah. In the thoughts and minds of other people. Beyonce who care. just don't come no more. <laughs> she just stopped coming. I think most everyone loved the cockroach. You know, I think the cockroach took yeah. took the took the took the stage after yeah. <laughs> in, like, in fitting fashion. It's like one of those things that's like you but, know. But 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 to that and to this topic on fashion mm. and to the importance of it, because you and I have talked about, you know, there are people who choose to make their fashion political. Mm. There are people who choose to make fashion what you know of them probably more than the rest of the art that comes with them for some, right? But do you think I'm asking the right and the wrong motherfucking person this because you give a fuck about what you look like on stage while you Mm -hmm. perform deeply Mm -hmm. and have always cared. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that it plays all the way into the success of you as an artist. I think it's automatically the thing you know what comes with you as an artist. But success is a specific way of posing it. Mm. But do you think that fashion plays into the like the success of an actual artist. Oh yeah. For some people like would we have the same Rihanna without the blunt bob cut? Mm-hmm. That 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 cut changed her life. It did. That changed and you know people you know may say oh well she still had hit she she did. But prior to that bob that video changed her life and that bob changed fashion mm-hmm. and music. It, it you immediately saw the girls go to a more edgier look. Yeah, you immediately saw the girls start to take even more of an interest in fashion. Because let's face it, prior to the Rihanna Bob, um, you had girls interested in fashion, but they weren't like outside of like. And I'm gonna give her a flowers like Little Kim, hmm. Madonna. Like yes. the girls at large were not jockeying to be in vogue they were not jockeying to be an l no and i think i think a thing that i've always liked and i'll take it back to somebody much much older in the game but this but the but the iconography of 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 almost like um fashion play is different than a cd album like the liner notes aren't there for you to read Mm -hmm. that person wearing it has to say it Mm -hmm. and then you'll never forget who it was from Mm -hmm. right and i for me i've always loved share 
mm. because of the hair, yeah. because of Bob Mackie, because of it. It didn't matter if it was a jumpsuit, a dress, whatever. If you looked at her, it's interesting the way that people could go, oh, okay, chair, it's Bob Mackie, and it's this. And Madonna is someone that I loved for that growing up mm. because she was someone that made sure you knew the Vogue bras, Jean-Paul Gaultier, or mm-hmm. you knew that this outfit was by Gucci or for whomever and didn't play. And she would run. I feel like she would take that designer and run that album cycle. And oh, that's yeah. she definitely, it. That definitely, I think in that regard, Madonna definitely influenced that. I think that um, for some people, their look is, is synonymous with their music. Um, we look at people like, you know, Grace Jones. We look at people like David Bowie. If David Bowie didn't look the way that he looks, would those records be as successful? And let's have a real comp. Let's be honest with ourselves here. If we just listen to David Bowie audio, and he has some great records, right? Uh-huh. But if we just listen to David <laughs> Bowie audio, uh-huh. Would it be the same, David? Would we be? Would it be as iconic without Ziggy Stardust? Would it be as iconic without the platforms? Would it be as iconic without the makeup? Would it be as iconic without the hair? And I know that you're going to be upset with me, mm-mm, mm-mm. but the re- the answer is no. It's no. It's no. It's no. And it, and I say it. I say no because. I think once we got to the big shoulder suit, polished Bowie, Vandross is doing backgrounds and we're getting the young Americans and kind of up and out. I think if you didn't know that world or if you didn't see that part of him, I don't know. But I, I hate, I, I hate to agree with you because the face of Ziggy Stardust is what I see first. Mm, right. I mean, like in my in my mind's eye, like the first thing I see before the audio plays in my brain, it is the look of him, which his documentary coming out should be very interesting on this on this topic. But but even with that, like Freddie Mercury, like his mustache, the shorts take any outfit you'd like. But Freddie Mercury is another one that I think played up into the real situation of and he's a power singer. But he made sure that he was had some sense of fashion to him or had something to him, I think. Um, but I think after Bowie, I think male vocalists realized that you needed one strong branded thing and it will run you to the end of your life. Mm-hmm. And I think I really, really say that because of my love for George Michael. Yeah, but see, the thing with George Michael is here's the difference. And this is where looking, this is my point about looking fashion and beauty ultimately ultimately being a currency. Yes. Um, George Michael's records will live whether he looked pretty or not because he could just sing. Yes, it's a fortune that he's one of the most beautiful men. Um, When you look at Boy George, Boy George could sing. That boy Boy George had some great records. Yes. So, yes, the the Club Kid aesthetic helped propel that band. Yes. But... It, but the records, I think, could have still been successful. Oh, Whereas yeah. with Bowie, I'm not sure that we have that level of success. Kiss, I'm not sure that we have that same level of success with that look. The Beatles would have been successful with, with that look or not because they were great records and they proved that as their career went on because they started looking real haggard. Yeah, that is true. 
Okay. You know? I could see how you got there with that. But 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 certain people, Elton, would have been successful. And Elton, it, to me, and I say this with love, is not a classically pretty man. Okay. What help? What what his look did for him was because he wasn't classically beautiful. Uh-huh. He took what what early club kid in like theater world yes. and infused it into his image where he's not beautiful but it's different, and that just accentuates the great talent that is already there. Fair enough, I could see that. I love I love the Donald Duck outfit. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. It's one of my favorites. And and to, and and to be clear, of the Elton phases, the baseball glitter oh, iconic. It's just it's just I think it's just one of the most beautiful ones. Iconic and I love look. the fur, feather, yeah. fluff, gap tooth, big glass version of them. And you're right, with or without any of it. Which shout out to Bernie Taupin for being inducted this year in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But more than well deserved. I have got to go this year. Oh, that's the episode. We should do that next week. Oh yeah, we Rock should. and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, let's get on the list. Yeah. Tina next week. Anyway, but go ahead. Um, but I do think there's there's a way that, and I find, and I think because we're having this conversation and we're specifically talking about men in this moment. Mm-hmm. Do. I don't know if there's been this constant aesthetic of men to look a certain way outside of clean or cut or clean or just like um, crisp and suited and this sort of Christian gray kind of thing you want to get up under for a long mm-hmm. time. Like when I was a kid, I just thought uh, Robert Palmer was just like mm. the, the cleanest looking little thing. And it was just because mm. of a suit. There's nothing to it. It wasn't a thing of a thing. But then when I really look back at it, I really love George Michael. And I don't care if it was faith or fast love. Mm. Made me no difference. But as a kid, I thought he was fucking fine. Mm. Like the leather jacket and the earring and the length of his haircut, what now Robin Thicke has. But that thing, I just thought he was just an yeah. odd man. Like man incarnate. Right? In a weird think, way. And then it, you get to Michael it, and Prince and there. It it's so crazy because... What I love about George Michael, he wasn't doing nothing but dressing like a gay man of that era in America because they because Americans are so dumb. They his like, jeans oh my fit. God, his butt looked great. He looked like jeans you go to any day. eagle. Shut Google the eagle, y'all. If y'all don't know, you go to any eagle in America, especially on the West Coast at that time. They all looked like George Michael. Matter of fact, I should say this: George Michael looked like them. There we go. Now we 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 kind of got into her and we kind of didn't. But, you know, let's get on Mother Grace really quick. Grace Jones, Be- Because yes. somewhere along the way, I mean, the visuals of her, I think more people have than really the audible. And I do love her music. I'm a Grace Jones. Like, nightclubbing is her best work. Um, yeah. She has other records. Actually, Grace Jones, for the new project that I'm working on in some records, she helped me understand how to use my voice to make it work. For a vocalist that can sing tenor and do some paratone stuff, I've just always loved her register, yeah, it's very, very clear, and she's she has it just to me. She has, I just thinks she has such a beautiful tone, and, and she's, it's strong, and it it's very, very like strong. Mother, very, and and I think there's something very spiritual yes. in the Caribbean of her mm-hmm. that comes out. But I think it's one thing to hear, her, but to see her mm-hmm. is unparalleled. Grace and I Jones think is that's visually that is a visual icon. I mean, she's a woman that's duplicating. I actually read her autobiography. I'll never write my memoirs. Um, 
Should I and, read it? Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think everyone should read it. Okay. And because it gives you insight. A lot of people don't know that her aesthetic is um, based off, I believe, her stepfather. Oh, okay. Um, and because he was mean and aggressive mm. and she was scared of him. So a lot of that oh, strong. She picked that up. A lot of that strong, striking rah, that she gives is modeled. That's how she learned how to model her look. Huh. Mm-hmm. I think because I grew up, a, like, I'm, I'm just, like, a profound, as, as I'm covered up at this moment, I do, like, skin out. I'm a comfortable nude type person. Mm-hmm. And so she was a lot for me as a kid. And just yeah. knowing, like, you know, I grew up in a house. My mom will attest to this. My mom is very modest about it. She keeps it very bespoke in her outfits, and she's clean. I always, that Diane Keaton kind of clean. Mm. But her sister, my aunt Darlene, is always no panty lines, no bra lines. Take a pasty if you want to be that, but don't. And so I grew up in a house that was very, you get comfortable in your skin and you wear that outfit, but bitch, it better fit or it better be, it better fall mm. and it better move, right? So that's the way that they would kind of talk. So for me, I think Grace Jones was always so powerful to see, no matter the photo and no matter the age. Yeah. Because everything she wore or did not entirely wear would fall on her like And it doesn't look like she's gotten any work done, which is something no. that I really admire she looks like she's been on the caribbean diet yeah and she if you all had never had a chance please go see her documentary and mm-hmm. i think we saw that yeah, together blood light and bombing and yeah. and even in that just to see her routine or just to see the process she's just her and Dolph lundgren look like the last two people on earth that you send to save the human race together when they were <laughs> when, ah, when they, they were when they were together like google Dolph lundgren and grace jones they look like when they were young and together it's this glamour shot of them like in a mirror and it looked like they two contestants in the hunger games like <laughs> Like, like, when I tell you... They like, do. Like, I mean, they look like archetypes. If you've ever seen um, Moon, 007 Moonbreaker and Blowfield wants to send a select a type of human beings out yes. of the planet once he destroys it, Grace Jones and Dolph Lundgren would have been on that ship. Like, they, <laughs> they look amazing together. I think, I think it's interesting the way you and I know... Very specific thing. And, 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 and we've talked about this before. The way you and I were kind of shoved in front of a TV. Mm-hmm. And so we do know this world of the supermodel, the designer, the artist, and then the merging of such. And I and I, I don't think people will ever know just how much I live for Lil' Kim in her era. Oh, yeah. Because she wasn't getting... Because at the, y'all got to remember, at that time, female rappers were not getting what she was getting it's it's and, and like he had said on the cover of magazines and vogue and and high fashion things but i mean red carpet wise there were spaces it would almost be like oh Lil kim's there and then she walks out and it's like yo they got her dressed mm-hmm. and even in the essence of still keeping things hip-hop or keeping it colorful or keeping things whatever she to me was something that i wished i could have gotten comfortable enough in my skin to figure out but for me my safe space growing up was fucking Aaliyah. Mm. and I have long hair and my hair was cut in that cut like just that flowy layered wave thing until my mid-twenties like there was no cutting it I loved Tommy Hilfiger because of it middle school I had the Tommy Hilfiger tube top mom wouldn't let me get the underwear I had to have the baggy jeans it was all because of her and I think that Aaliyah played this very specific aesthetic to my age group growing up about not having to show skin yeah. a very specific way. I don't think I took it as 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 age at the time. And I don't think I took it as like, 
masculine exactly. Mm. But I want to be clear. When I grew up, I loved Boss, the female rapper. <laughs> Not Boss. And for y'all oh who don't God. remember her, it don't... I don't really want to <laughs> feel... Hey. So with that being said, but I loved the way she looked. Okay. It was like her the haircut and the puffy. It wasn't Mary. It wasn't Mary J. Combat boot and we dancing out here. It was it, to me. It was like gangster rugged. And somewhere in that, I took. I was like, Oh, Aaliyah took that aesthetic. Like we're not gonna show ourselves and we're not gonna do this thing. And I, I can sing and I'm this thing because Brandy is different. Yeah. Brandy's feminine and the girl next door and that Americana kind of. Be my best. Of, it's interesting though you brought up Mary J. Blige because Mary J. Blige has been iconic in her style with no boot line, like no boot line. It's I, silly. I, I feel like, but let's let's rewind <laughs> even before the mother knee boot because she loves a knee boot. She loves an over the knee boot. But Mary styling, shout out to Misa Hilton Brim. Always. Um, Mary, Mary style, Misa Hilton, I think now. Mm-hmm. But Mary styling um, for the 90s was a watershed moment. Her and SWV. SWV gets left out of that conversation. But um, you, wanted they to get, both, you wanted to get me there with you. They both had that New York. I remember SWV was wearing the cleats at one time with the tennis skirts. Oh, with yeah. The, like, I live you know, for a tennis skirt. With the, with the long nails. Like, Coco, to me, is an originator. Like, nobody, I see all of these girls now with these long nails, with the, you know, designs and all that. Coco was, number one, uh, in a girl group, and she was doing that. Mm-hmm. Like, Coco was, the people, history has a way of forgetting things. Yes. And Coco, I remember Coco came out, people would go to the salon asking for Coco nails. Listen, I recently put up a post and it was like the old wall of the airbrush yeah. line paint options. Yeah. And I was like, Lord, I miss you number 20. And that was yeah. the champagne with the white line and black line from the corner. But when I think about that, I think of it because of me focusing on Coco, mm-hmm. having that because you don't. You attribute it to something mm-hmm. this country wants to make negative. Mm-hmm. But to most black people, it's beautiful. Like, it's gold Flo-Jo and nails. I, to me, Flojo was one of the most beautiful women on yeah. the planet. And the fact that she was Even the though Flojo isn't a musician, but Flojo... Fashion. It, it, like, I remember Flojo dolls. Yes. And the one leg. And, and, I'm, the, a, and I'm a Prince kid. Yeah. So Sheila E., Kat, and Flojo with the bodysuit but the one leg yep. out has always been something that my black ass has, has died for. Prince <laughs> is another one. Those assless chaps, the mustache. The bouffant even. You know. Just the whole way of it. Even And I loved his because his to me was just very, like, like interesting pimp. Mm-hmm. Pimp fashion. That we gave him <laughs> such a feminine, uh, but but okay, but let's get on this really quick since we want to talk on this on this on these big pop icons that are based in fashion. Mm-hmm. I think I know what you're gonna say because I know which one you like the most. Okay, but let's let's talk uh, visual fashion aesthetic, Biggie or Pac, and I know why you're gonna obviously say what you say, but I think I'm opposite. Um, I think in is as far as your question is concerned, who's better or who's who's whose fashion did you did you like? Um, I think that's a tale of taste and time. Fair enough. I think for the time, um, me being a fan of his music more, okay, I would pick Biggie because I just loved Big. Mm-hmm. That's the music rapper in me saying that. The fashion person in me 
depicts Pac every time. Pac, I thought was I love the way Pac looked in the David LaChapelle pictures. Every last one. I love the way he looked in clothes. And yes. I'm not saying that because he's a smaller man with a better body, but just the frame of his face, that bald, he was aesthetically beautiful. And the way that he looked in clothes, and even the way I love to go back to those David LaChapelle photos, I loved that David LaChapelle captured him in a very sensual and sexy way, but it was pop. It was like seeing a guy who you grew up with on the streets yeah. who looked hood good, yeah. but taking them and putting them in this Malibu Barbie aesthetic, and it just looked amazing. I think, I, I, what I, I, and I'm a big LaChapelle fan, and I... um. And I've always, I always tell people, little Kim, little Kim getting spray painted, as as the Louis Vuitton print, it's mm-hmm. just still one of the most stunning pictures. Pac in the tub covered in gold chains, mm-hmm. and and I say this because if you every guys, gay boy fantasy, by the way, oof, if you get a chance to see it, La Chapelle did that two different times. He did it that way with Pac. And then he did it for Rolling Stone with Eminem, but it's Eminem standing up completely butt naked with like a dynamite thing at his dick quite honestly oh yeah but i love them both actually for two separate reasons and two separate things but there is something about what hip-hop and male fashion was and wasn't and i think for a really long time it was just kind of like buster rhymes is is opening a door and doing what makes sense for him and everybody else is just i think aesthetically buster rhymes and andre 3000 for a period of time, lived in the same house. I would agree. Um, I can see that. Busta is not because he's changed so much, but in the 90s, Busta, his costuming, his fashion was very camp. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. I think for the building of his legend, it was necessary. Yeah. I think that he probably wanted to be taken, like, when you look at the Big Bang era when he came out with Touch It and he signed with Aftermath, I think that was his attempt at trying to be the guy Mm -hmm. in hip-hop. So he kind of, like, let a lot of that stuff go, which I think he shouldn't have, but, you know, hey. Yeah. Um, Then you look at somebody like Andre 3000, who, um, quite frankly... Um, gave people something to think about. I think him having Big Boy as an anchor mm. um, helped him be able to explore those avenues in a way where the artistry didn't take a hit. Yes. Um, because you had an anchor of Big Boy, so it, it was different. Um, Kanye West, when it comes to fashion, Kanye West was sea change. In, in, in as far as fashion and getting people back into all American fashion and then transitioning them into Japanese high fashion. Yeah. Um, people really have walked with him. Yeah. In this hip hop. He, I mean, the, he the, gave people an education. A very profound education. And I, and I, all of y'all who believe in the horsepower, I, if you a man and you got a polo that's not black or white, it is because of Kanye. Yeah. I don't care what any yeah. of you say. Um, yeah. Here's an interesting question for you. We'll go back a sec. In the in the conversation of brands, because Kanye is a really interesting transition because Kanye is, to me, he's the BCAD of what is, all I want is for this label to dress me. Hmm. All I want is to represent or be dressed by this label to I'm making all my own whatever and I ain't never coming back, right? Mm-hmm. And so let's go back a bit. 
when you were younger, take you as an artist or not, what was the label you wanted to dress you? I didn't have one, really? to be honest. There was no... I grew up poor. So for me, it was whatever was popular because I I didn't have anything and we lived in Kmart. Like, people... Let me be very clear. I think people, because of who I am as an adult today, they think that I always was this person. I mean, but they don't know you yeah, like that. I, right. So. I, I grew up in a pay-less, pick-and-pay Kmart shopping home. Mm. So I did not get my first pair of Nikes until 7th or 8th grade. Mm. I was wearing Kmart shoes, and the only reason I got them was because I was coming home crying because the kids was talking about me. So I didn't get into fashion for real until I was about 14 years old, um, 14, 15 years old. So there was never this desire for me to be dressed. I didn't know about Gucci. I didn't know what a Louis Vuitton. I didn't know even hear Louis Vuitton until Kim said Louis Vuitton shoes and a whole lot of booze. Every other day, a different week, another cruise. I didn't know. Mm -hmm. Like, I was like, what is Louis Vuitton? And I remember being at at, at camp, um, inner city camp, and they're like, oh, my mother has Louis Vuitton luggage. Little little Kim is is the reason that I loved Prada. <laughs> yeah, the Prada mama. I, I, I loved they, Prada. Then I like, hit the sauna. When I was a kid, like if you asked what I wanted for Christmas, like I want a Prada purse. It was <laughs> never going to fucking happen. Yeah. Still don't have one. But... I, I, I can see that. I understand that. I think the I think the campaign with the with the pop culture artists at the time with Tommy Hilfiger just kind of Tommy Hilfiger was a big deal. Just fucking won. Yeah. And my mom, I'm coming from a single parent household, and, and shout out to my mother forever as Mother's Day is coming along. That 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 beautiful motherfucker right there <laughs> made this monster for you all to love. But one year she took me to New York, and it made no sense, and I and I couldn't put it together. We've been living in apartments my whole life, and, and it just made no sense. And I vied for Reebok Classics. I just wanted a pair of Parasukos and some drop socks. I'm six foot. There is no paint that's going to fit me. I will never have baby hair. She will never let me get fake nails. I cannot be flossing to any degree. And one year she took me to New York, and she took me to Macy's. And I was tall, and my feet were this big size, and I'm just awkward in middle school. I had, didn't have a lot of friends yet. And she was like, let's go school shopping. And we go to Macy's. And I was like, why are we here? But I had never been inside. And I was like, okay. You know, I just, and I knew in my mind, it's like, okay, well, we can't get anything. Like, we're going to get some, maybe something for her for work, and we're right. going to get out of here. And she takes me to the third floor that must have been like teens or juniors or something. And this is a, this is a world where guesses the shit mm. and like... What is it, Bebe or BB is just about to turn around in a couple of years, you know? And Tommy is everything, and Massimo, and and Mud Jeans is still a thing. I I got an Ollie uh, Alloy catalog, but I can't. Listen, and she just was like, let's get you stuff. And it was one of the most best days ever because when I came to school that year, I was like, I just felt like Lil' Kim, like, you can't tell me shit. Uh. And none of it was was high fashion, none of it was shit. But I remember when I got. This very specific navy blue guest dress. And it was like the first time she me had something form fitting. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of tight and it had like these two little tennis skirt like cuts at the, at the, oh, at the bottom. Oh, God, I know exactly what you're talking Ooh, about. Fashionable. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to be Stacey Dash from Clueless every day oh. of my life. And, and, and I remember how much I attached myself to like Little Kim and Stacey Dash and Clueless. Mm-hmm. And that's it. When I was younger, I just wanted to look like a space between Mary J. Blige and Jade. I just wanted combat boots and biker shorts and just like braids and a pony. Now, half my life I'm in biker shorts now and crop tops. Yeah. But it's interesting now all these years later to watch the way that people have evolved and their fashion has grown or not grown. 
I, I, I would say I am very thankful um, as it pertains to how I view fashion because I, being an only child for a decade before my little brother came along. Same here. I, being an only child and being poor, my stuff is always based on um, otherworldly costume, theater, camp, um, kind of aesthetics. Um, I have an obsession with Japan and Africa. So the way that I look at fashion, I always, my mother's a big history buff too. Mm -hmm. So we watched a lot of PBS and shit like that. I'm a huge PBS kid. So a lot of my fashion is inspired by history. When I want to get looks together, I go literally sit in the Walters Art Museum and I just sit there for hours and look at the exhibits and that's how I come up with how I want to look. My mother, my mom, my mother as well is a big PBS fiend. And mm. I grew up in that. And and it, and it's not just Nova. It's not just Frontline. We watching ballroom dancing. Right. We catching we catching <laughs> this old house. Like, we're doing all the shows. And I think for me growing up, my mom had a very specific kind of thing. And I always come back to her about this because my mom loved vintage and my mom loved to thrift, right? But she always came out. I always put her in this kind of just – she just always liked that sort of like – Pelham kind of cut and thick warm fabrics and wool and she just always would layer right and she always just to me looked like a dainty debutante from like the 60s and 70s but I feel like the people that she loved music wise were like very controversial clothing wise and I think she's always kind of told me like where would you want do it like my mom and I love Bjork you know we're a Bjork house so it's like for us Bjork has always turned the tide of what is fashion and for my mother and I we both went to the New York exhibit that was Bjork's clothes mm. because she is an artist. That's a great example of what is transcending and transitionary about Facts. fashion and you. Facts. Um, and, and, and whether you know her music or not, the way she rolls out the, the clothes for that cycle is amazing. It's just unreal. Uh, Bjork is another one who I look at, I see her look first before I hear her music. Without a doubt. Yeah. And I've always, as the, as time has gone by, I love, I, I, it's funny the way I say it, but I just love how vaginal it's gotten and just orifice oriented over time. But she's always looked like an Iris Van Helpen fucking. All the time. I, for 30 fucking Iris years Van now. Iris Van Helpen before Iris Van Helpen. Long before. Like, yeah. Um, and I think, you know, there's the kitschy thing that we loved about Gaga. I've always loved the, 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 the meat dress. I've always loved the real dicey choices. But I think, you know, Madonna, in my mind, set the tone for it's important that you know that it's high fashion and this art is, is about to be as high quality as I can make it. You know, before we get out of here, one person who I want to give kudos to, and she may never hear this podcast. Um, she will. Don't be like that. You know, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Jody Watley. Woo! I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get the fuck up. I hate you. I hate you so much. I want to give. No one talks about her. I want to give. Me. I want to give Jody Watley her flowers. Oh, her flowers. Because Jody Watley. Was a fashion girl, always was a fashion girl. Tell him. And was a fashion girl before the record industry saw the importance Tell of him. being a fashion girl. Karen White ain't look like Jody, baby. You know, Tell I think him. that um, when you look back and see how she photographed, what she photographed, and the publications that she would go out for, um, Jody Watley is one of those girls that I think we often forget 
in the fashion conversation as mm-hmm. it pertains to music. I just wanted to well point before that out. we really get the fuck up out of here because you're not walking out of here unscathed <laughs> without me asking you because because you all very much know and especially if you are a follower of him, which you should be and share and subscribe. <laughs> He um, is going to end up with his own costume mannequin exhibit in Walters. It's going to happen. <laughs> it will. And you're going to go. And you all are listening. Absolutely know that I'm fucking right. And so because I've known you as long as I have, and I've watched this a, ver- a variety of ways, what is the outfit that you're the most proudest of? Because you're the one friend I have. Oh, wow. That I'm going to end up being able, and I'm going to be the one to do it. Mark my fucking words. Y'all ain't taking this from me. I'm going to be the one to tape what will be the Vogue Linda Evangelista let's flip the pages and talk about the outfit. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get this one out of this one. I'm going to get it from him. <laughs> and it's going to be me interviewing, mm-hmm. and we're going we're gonna to do it. So let me ask you first. <laughs> Of the pieces and the outfits that you've created, worn, performed in, and all the rest, what is the one that you were like, all right, bitch, I might have did it with this one? Oh, man. Oh. Please, everyone, go and check them. I mean, if you just scroll and see what's performances, I mean, even with Bond Street, even with your style, just all of it. It's, you know, Because so- you really do have a life of, of, of what comes with you with this. It is a specific thing. I, I think... Um- some of my favorite looks have been the ones that are of African descent um, because they feel so... I feel like African fashion is just so grand and I love it. But I, it's hard to pick one. I will say um, we did a show years ago, back in 2016, Bond Street District Church on Vulcan. Mm-hmm. And we did um, a show at the Autobar, which was sold out. And uh, not sold out for free, girl. People paid tickets. They paid um, Vinyls, posters, There's it was no fans. Um, but I think that I had paired a cream and gold grand boo-boo with a 7th century um, Nordic Viking helmet replica. Um, yeah. I think that was a great one. Also, another one that I really liked a lot, which was very simple, was for the cupcake shows that I did earlier this year, where I did the um, the knit ski mask with the inserted gold teeth mm-hmm. and uh, the um, garter stockings with the um, bubble coats and cloaks. Yeah. Um, and I one. had the gold Giuseppe Zanotti high tops, gold holographic Giuseppe Zanotti high tops. I think that was one of my favorites. I think that look looks great on me. Um, I did a tuxedo look recently that I really liked with the sheer gloves and rings. Um, I love, I'm, I, the bitch, when you walked up and showed me that chainmail helmet, I walked away from you. Oh yeah. I was tired of your shit. (laughs) I was tired of you and your shit. That was a good one. I did the. But, but, but I'm glad that we had this conversation because it is important for me to make sure that you hear that it is really important to know. I mean, and I mean it and. Correct me if I'm wrong, motherfuckers, but you know I'm not. There's not enough people this day and age who are artists who care about the full rollout and the full extension. And I love that you never fucking play. And it's one of the things that I feel like I've asked you. It's almost like when you have said to me, like, hey, I'm about to make another album. Mm -hmm. Almost one of the first things I go is, what are you wearing? Mm. And I I think when 
Battle of Omar, I got to see it in person, mm. and then that was green screen you, mm-hmm. and it was a very purpose direction of how he could do this in a, a million of ways. The pandemic hindered that project a lot, like a lot of people. like a lot of things. But I do think that you are someone that has a great care, mm. not just about what you're putting out, and not just about how you're viewed, because I know you could give a fuck, but. It's, it's, it's important for me to know that other artists hear that you can take whatever budget you have of yourself mm-hmm. and make your show look just, just as tight and just as crisp yeah. as any of these other shows that you go to. It, it, there is no, no excuse because of the capacity of venue size or whatever. There's just none. And, and you, you have really made a mark on a lot of people with that. I don't mm. think enough people tell you that because I don't think enough people are creative enough to get out of their own way, mm. to get comfortable enough in their skin to dress how they want to dress. Mm. But you need to hear that. Cause... Well, thank you. I never thought about that. I think I just do it. Like, even working on this new body of work, um, it's a new personality. It's a new... The way I look at it, and Kanye West does this a lot too, um, each album is a personality. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a chamber of my mind. And um, even with this one, like with the whole Manny K-9 persona, that's what I'm dubbing this uh, this project. Okay, y'all got some secret tea today. Yeah, I ain't know that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, the, this is the Manny K-9 era. Um which take with that what you will. Um <laughs> it's a different sound. But um Y'all gonna love it. it. But you know, it's um it's it's cool, you know. I mean, but fashion is important. Um I think caring is important because it shows your audience that you appreciate and you care about what they're receiving. It's like a chef serving a good meal. You know, mm-hmm. I want you I want everything to be hot or the right temperature and what it needs to be. And that's how I look at it. What is the one thing and your biggest pet peeve that you will never be worn? Like, we will never see you in it. You'll never be in that type of thing. What is the thing that's always a no for you? That's hard to say, okay. uh, honestly. Um, because I'm bow-legged and not as tall, knee boots don't really work for me. Okay. Um, but I may see one that works for me. But that as of true. right now... Um, a knee boot is not my friend. It's okay. Somebody gonna come out in these comments with one and ship them to you like the helmet, and it's yeah. not gonna work out. So. <laughs> but um, you know, that's our show for today. Um, Let us know what you think and leave a comment. Yeah. I, I am nosy and lurking and always paying attention <laughs> to these comments. So let me know what you think. I really want to know what was the fashion house that was like that you paid attention to. Yeah. It's important to me. I'm kind of nosy. Because now we're in a world where I just feel like everyone's in Balmain and Balenciaga and ain't nobody else Well, that's here. pretty much because the girls have no true self-identity. But whatever. I ain't gonna be shady for... for, for I ain't gonna be a shady. <laughs> but, you know, where can they find you, Ash? You all know, as usual, you can find me at always double A or at Bat Buddha. And uh, my YouTube channel will be coming back sooner than later this summer. So I'll give you more details on that. And where can they find you, boo? Um, at Bat Dapper Dan Midas, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Secretary of Shade. Um, you know, same part, but I just want to thank y'all for tuning in on this episode of Cover Girl. <laughs> A fabulous examination of music, film, and pop culture. We'll see y'all soon. Yep.